This is Crosscut Reports. I'm Maliha Sayed. Today, we're taking a closer look at how rising rents are affecting residents across Washington and a bill that aims to address this issue. Some legislators say Washington's renters need this now. I want to have people of all income levels to thrive, not just survive. In Washington, there's currently no limit to how much landlords can raise their rents. House Bill 2114 would change that, capping rent and fee increases to 7% in a 12-month period, and preventing landlords from raising these costs at all in the first year of a resident's tenancy. In certain cases, it would also require landlords to give six months' notice of rent increases. In this episode, we first hear from Carrie Burnside, a Bellingham resident who's supporting this bill, about her experiences with rising rent costs. Then we chat with Michelle Thomas of the Washington Low-Income Housing Alliance about what this bill would do and how it could impact renters across the state. For starters, it would be helpful to know a little bit about who you are. So if you could just tell me anything that you're comfortable sharing. Okay. My name is Carrie Burnside. I live in Bellingham, Washington. I uh, grew up here and come from a long time of other what we call hamsters. (laughs) And I currently reside at uh, Old Mill Village. And it historically has been known um, as what's called naturally occurring affordable housing because it's uh, not essentially as desirable as a new build. So when someone moves into Old Mill Village, it's, it's a beautiful place. And we're a very welcoming community. So typically people move in and and never leave. I've been here for eight years now. And many of my neighbors uh, who prior to being priced out had been here 15 to 20 years. And do you live alone? Do you live with family? I have a roommate. And it worked out that my mother was able to rent uh, an apartment in the same complex. So she, as she's gotten older, it's so it's a lot easier to care for her. She still has her independence, but she's, you know, just a few doors away from me. It's, it's a quick, quick walk to her house. And you moved into Old Mill Village, was it 2016? Correct. What started happening? How much were you paying when you got there and... When did that change? When I initially moved in, the rent was, I believe, twelve hundred, maybe twelve fifty a month. So it was very affordable, and we would get like a three percent, maybe just a little bit higher rent increase annually. Uh, very doable. Then, after after the moratorium on rent increases was lifted back in uh, 2021, we started getting significant rent increases and the property management company at the time refused to give us longer than a six-month lease. So we would get a a big rent increase of up to $200 and then six months later, another big rent increase. And then the property was actually sold in July 2022 to an out-of-state investor, and they had their um, own property management company that they own, took over the property management. And, um, you know, unfortunately, having a an out-of-state company 
managing it, they're very disconnected from the community and not as concerned about the, you know, negative impacts that they have on the residents and then also on the larger community as a whole. And they were giving rent increases that were 20 to 30 percent and sometimes higher to residents. So very quickly, my senior neighbors who are on fixed incomes or or individuals who um, have it maybe perhaps on disability, they were quickly getting priced out. Mercy Housing operates 80 units of what is supposed to be affordable housing here in Bellingham. Now, these tenants are asking for Mercy, saying they can't afford to live here anymore. The um, current condition in Bellingham and actually probably across all of Washington State in the United States is the demand for services is so high they're not able to meet it. And so um, there are long waiting lists to get into affordable housing or to receive um, assistance. The waiting list uh, to get housing vouchers is something like eight years to 10 years long. So as I was watching, you know, this happen, I started um, getting involved locally. I'm, I'm an organizer with the Bellingham Tenants Union. Um, and then I'm also, I've become the president of the Silver Beach Neighborhood Association um, in an effort to help keep community strong and support each other. Uh, more specifically, start making the changes that just weren't happening and and in a way that, you know, quicker, because people were getting priced directly into homelessness. You had mentioned that the price increases had escalated to the point where people were getting 20 to 30 percent increases at certain points. Uh, how about you in particular? What kind of rent increases were you seeing? And, and when were they happening? And, and how much was your rent going up? So my rent initially when I moved in was was I can't remember if it was twelve hundred or twelve fifty. And my rent now is twenty two twenty five. And oh the majority of those yeah, the majority of the increases happened from twenty twenty one to now. My most recent rent increase was five hundred dollars a month. And I have I have I do have a three bedroom. However, I have so many leaks in the roof that we're not able to use one of the bedrooms. So, so I'm paying $22.15 for a three-bedroom, but can only use two bedrooms within it. Well, I was curious, you know, especially with the most recent rent increases, how has that affected you and, and how have you been navigating it? I've had to make serious adjustments, you know, to my to my budget. So that means I'm not eating out at local restaurants. I'm shopping online instead of buying from small businesses. I'm having to cut corners. And it, it, when you really think about that, $500 a month is a lot. And and when you say you have to tighten your budget, it's serious cutbacks and going without. Has there ever been a point where you've considered completely leaving your community or, you know, moving to a new place altogether? Or is it, do you want to stay where you are? My my preference is to stay where I am. I'm really connected with my community. Um, my mother lives a few, a few doors down. 
so for me to move, it's not an easy move. I, I would it impacts her as well, and and even you know vice versa. If she gets priced out, then it, it makes it really complicated. I'm the president of my neighborhood association, and I'm the one that really got it up and going. It had been dormant for six to eight years. Um, I made a commitment to my community for two years to get it up and going and continue it going. I, I would be letting them down. But I do have a backup plan of leaving the area because it's reached a place that it's just not financially viable to stay in this community. My sister already uh, left Whatcom County. She works in the healthcare field and she can work anywhere but can't afford to live in Whatcom County. And so when I look at that, I do have a backup plan that you know takes me out of possibly even Washington. Is your mom also at risk of being priced out? She is. So that that was also another motivation for me to start going to every city council meeting and advocating for renters. And then as as time has gone on, I I have essentially inserted myself everywhere possible to get rent stabilization passed and get more renter protections in place. Good morning. I'm Carrie Burnside and an organizer with the Bellingham Tenants Union. Thank you for this opportunity to speak in favor of HB 2114. Washington's housing crisis has severely impacted my family. My you know, thinking about family. this bill, what would it do for you and for other Washingtonians? What do you see coming out of it if it passes? The most immediate piece is a huge sense of relief that you you can relax and know that at your next lease renewal, how much it would be. Right now, it's been a, it's been amended and it's been raised to seven percent, which is harder than five percent. But I still can. I know what it what it will be, what seven percent of my rent is, and I can I have several months to to adjust again, you know, my budget to that. And if I just can't do it, I have more time to look for another place to move to. For people who who are not renters, it's really hard to understand the kind of stress that that puts you in. And I actually, I, I purchased my first home at 24. Oh, wow. And, and so the majority of my adult life has been as a homeowner. And I had no idea what it was like for a renter. And when I, 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 I did some, tra- I sold my house, I traveled, I even left the country for a while. And when I came back, I rented to kind of figure out what's my, what are my next steps? And it was affordable to where I could look at purchasing my, my next home down the road. But very quickly, both rents escalated and then the price of housing got to the place that it's so much harder for me to get back into, or really at this point, impossible for me to get back into home ownership. There's just this extreme power imbalance between the renter and the landlord. And even though we sign a mutual contract and I hold up my end of the bargain, I pay my rent, I do what I follow my lease, I do what's expected. And 
I treat my home as a home and take care of it, they there's no accountability to the landlord. And if I request too often to get things repaired, I'm a problem and retaliated against. And so many renters are fearful of being evicted if they upset their landlord or the property manager. And it's it's not exaggerated. It 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 happens and it's very easy for the landlord to do that and it's very difficult for a, a renter to actually enforce or hold the property manager accountable to what the existing laws are. The other real big benefit from this particular bill is that it puts enforcement under the attorney general's office. I, I was really surprised that as a renter, I couldn't call the attorney general when the person I'm in a contract with is clearly breaking the law. And it makes no sense because shelter is a survival need. That was a chat with Carrie Burnside, a renter who's supporting House Bill 2114. Now, here's a conversation with Michelle Thomas, the Director of Policy and Advocacy at the Washington Low-Income Housing Alliance, who describes the impact of rent increases on Washington residents, and how she hopes House Bill 2114 could change that. Right now, we're talking about a bill that is in front of the legislature. Could you talk a little bit about what this bill is and and maybe the three or four key takeaways of uh, what it would do if passed? So um, House Bill 2114 by Representative Alvarado is a bill that would simply make excessive rent increases illegal. It would allow landlords to still make a profit and to raise their rents every year, even though Washington's rents are already sky high. We still you know, know that landlords will need to raise their rents to continue to make a profit. Um, but what we're saying is that landlords shouldn't be able to put excessive rent increases on existing tenants. It's not rent control because it does not control rent increases between tenancies. So, for example, when a landlord has a vacant unit and they're advertising for a new tenant, they would be free to set their rent at whatever level they want. And that's what differentiates it from rent control. Rent stabilization is about the relationship between a landlord and tenant while a tenant is living in that property. And it simply says that landlords are not allowed to issue excessive rent increases. And this is really important because excessive rent increases cause displacement, evictions, and homelessness. And right now in Washington, it is legal to issue any level of rent increase at any time uh, of the year, multiple times a year, you could issue a rent increase every four months if you want, every month. Technically, we're talking to tenants who are getting rent increases multiple times a year, and we're talking to tenants who may be getting one rent increase a year, but that one rent increase is really, really significant. Do you have a sense of how many people are affected by this issue of, of rent increases? There's over 1 million renter households in Washington, and many, many renters across Washington state are reporting excessive rent increases. The Pulse survey data by the United States Census Bureau is our most accurate 
and timely piece of information on who's experiencing rent increases and what their rent increases are. And in Washington, rent increases have been very common and they've been very high. Interestingly, though, and devastatingly, we know that rent increases are hitting BIPOC renter households more than white renter households. And do we know kind of on average how high these rent increases are? It's hard to say an average, but we know that, again, because of the Pulse survey data, that rent increases um, above $100 are very common. Based on the last data we've received from the Pulse census, which was taken in October of 2023, 57% of Black respondents and 57% of Latino respondents reported a rent increase of $100 to $249 within the last 12 months, compared to 37% of white respondents who got that same level of rent increase. Seniors are also getting significant rent increases. You know, these are folks who are living on Social Security and on retirement benefits. They do not have wage growth that is going to keep up with these rent increases. And we've heard from many, many seniors across the state that they are devastated. And they're telling us that they're choosing literally between medication and paying the rent. And with House Bill 2114, essentially, it would set a cap on rent increases. What is that cap? The bill was actually amended. And one of the amendments is it raises the cap from 5% to 7%. So it would legalize 7% rent increases. But everything above that over a 12-month period would be illegal. The other thing that I saw in the bill, it sounds like landlords couldn't increase rent at all in the first year of a residence tenancy. Is that accurate? Yeah, that is true. Most landlords do not raise their rent within that first 12-month period anyhow. So this is just ensuring that they won't game the system under rent stabilization. And a lot of landlords nowadays are requiring, at least in that first year, a 12-month rental agreement. 12-month rental agreements, you can't change the rules anyhow. Tenants are protected from rule changes, including rent increases. So I don't think that's much of a change in the system. It sounds like there would also be some changes to how much advance notice that landlords have to give tenants. What would that change look like? So under the bill, landlords would be required to provide six months notice to renters of a rent increase of over 3%. So if they keep their rent increase under 3%, tenants will get the existing notice that's required by law, which is 60 days. But if they want to raise their rent, you know, over 3%, so now under the bill as amended, anywhere between 3 and 7%, that tenant will get six months notice. Legislators have proposed limiting how much landlords can raise the rent. But critics say a cap will scare developers from investing in Washington. Who makes up the opposition? Is it primarily landlords or are there other people who are opposing this bill? The opposition is the Washington State Realtors, the landlord lobby, and there's multiple groups of them and um, the builders. They believe both would keep builders from investing in housing projects in Washington. Other lawmakers say having a cap on rent increases could backfire 
and push housing providers out of Washington. We at the Housing Alliance have a large group of what we call progressive realtors who want to see rent stabilization passed. And we have a large group and growing of small landlords who want to see rent stabilization passed as well. And I live, work, and own two rental properties in Seattle. I'm here to speak in favor of HB 2114. I believe that every Washingtonian deserves to be able to live in a safe, affordable home. And they've all been testifying time and time again in favor of these bills and talking to lawmakers about why these rent stabilization bills are balanced and fair and more than doable, even for small landlords who are relying on their rental income for their retirement. What would a bill like this do for renters if it passes? And actually, what is still left to do for renters, even if this bill passes? So what this bill will do for renters, it will increase stability. It will ensure that they know the maximum that their landlord can raise their rent every year. You know, it's similar to the security that homeowners have where they know exactly what their mortgage is going to be year after year. Renters will still get an increase in rents, but they will know what that will be. They, and they can do the math over multiple years, right? And so they can say, okay, I want to live here for three more years while my child is finishing school. I do not want to move them. So what is the rent going to be next year and then the next year and then the next year? That predictability in what your housing costs are are something that is completely elusive to renters right now. Rent stabilization isn't going to solve everything. Rents are already too high in Washington state, and this protects renter households from excessive rent gouging when they're in the unit, but it's not going to bring down rents across the state. Renter households also need opportunities to move into affordable homes when they earn 80% or less of their air meeting income because that's who the for-profit market doesn't serve. So Renter households in Washington state also need increased investments in affordable housing, and that's through the State Housing Trust Fund. So Washington state has to continue to build the affordable housing that all of our communities need. Thanks for listening to Crosscut Reports. This episode was reported and produced by Sarah Bernard and me, Maliha Sayed. The story editor was Ryan Famuliner. Our executive producer is Sarah Menzies. You can subscribe to Crosscut Reports wherever you listen. And whatever platform you're listening on, please review us. We'd love to know what you think of the show. Also, if you would like to support the work we do at Crosscut, whether it's our lineup of podcasts, the video docuseries we stream every week, or the in-depth reporting we deliver every day, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to the on-demand programming of Seattle's PBS station, KCTS 9. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. Crosscut Reports is a product of Cascade Public Media. I'm Ali Sayed. We'll be back soon with another episode.